0: Good morning.
1: You're just in time.
0: Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement.
1: Let's start our day together.
0: Good morning, friends. Come on in, pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborn.
1: And I'm Amanda Miller. And we are so excited to have you with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show.
0: Father Adam Streitenberger and Emily Jaminette are here in the cafe with us this morning to chat about gratitude and thanksgiving. An appropriate topic for the week.
1: Yes. Good morning, Amanda. <laughs> Good morning, Dave.
0: Can you start us with a prayer?
1: Yes, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your goodness and for your blessings. We thank you that you are a good, good Father. Help us to be a people of gratitude, to always see your gifts and rejoice, even those gifts that are hard to embrace because they come in the form of the cross. We know that you work all things for our good, and we relinquish ourselves into your hands. We pray this through the intercession of Mary. In the name of Jesus, amen.
0: Amen, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Has this weather just been insanely nice? Okay,
1: honestly, I think it's a personal (laughs) gift from the Lord to me. (laughs) Just because I'm still acclimating to Ohio weather.
0: (laughs) It has been just outstanding. Now, my inner Eeyore uh, wants me to look at the extended forecast to see when it's going to go downhill. Don't do it. I have it. it. Just enjoy it. I am living in the present moment, and uh, yeah, I'm not even looking at the next hour. I know this morning was just beautiful, great sunrise this morning. Mm -hmm. So,
1: yeah, ah, did you see those pinks this morning? It was just yeah,
0: so good, so good, so good. Since it's uh, still rather dark when I arrive here, I was was able to kind of step out a little bit into the parking lot and see. uh, See it uh, rising over the Olin Tangi. Mm. So, yeah, all good, all good. A beautiful weekend, pretty laid back. You know, didn't do a a ton. Went to the symphony Saturday night, and it was quite nice. Uh, I can't say I understood it all, but uh, you yeah, know, it was still nice. I I I I got the first one. It was Beethoven six, the Pastoral, which is just. A beautiful, beautiful piece. The second one was uh, with the uh, a large choir, and it combined the Latin Requiem with a story out of Mexico's history. Hmm. So they had subtitles up on the little <laughs> screen, which was helpful. Nice. Yeah.
1: And you had friends there, right?
0: Yeah, a girl I went to, uh, a woman I went to high school with, uh, found out. Through social media, that she and her husband were both in the choir.
1: Hmm, that's yeah. really cool.
0: Yeah, they represented Newark. Go Wildcats. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was good. Mrs. Jaminette and Father Streitenberger are here in the cafe with us. Morning, folks. Morning.
2: Good morning. Welcome. What a glorious day. I'm glad you brought up the weather because if you're native to Columbus, Ohio, like this is a November, we probably will never forget. <laughs>
0: One of uh, our daughters is looking at University of Mary in North Dakota, and they already had a foot of snow a couple weeks ago. Oh, wow. mm. like, seriously, you want to do this? <laughs> you really? <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, pray that uh the Lord opens all those doors that need to be opened for her to go there. It's a beautiful school. Uh, for those of you that are familiar with um, from... Christendom to Apostolic Age. That's um, Monsignor Shea, who is the president of University of Mary. Yeah, that's so. a great book. Yeah. So father, what have you been up to? Oh, not too much.
3: Yeah. Um, not but, too much. Been out in the woods? Um yeah, I was I was out on um on um Saturday, Saturday mm-hmm. morning. Um I let two deer walk away from me. So mm. I've already gotten two this year, so I'm getting picky on... They look kind of tiny, hmm. and I didn't want to <laughs> put into the effort
0: to <laughs> process them. So, Were you down in uh, your... Uh, I your was in Waverly. Waverly? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. you have a favorite spot down there then?
3: Well, um, the place that I go to is usually my sister's land, which is near... Jack- closer to Jackson, mm-hmm. so... This was my brother's land, which is closer to Waverly. So, yeah.
0: yeah. And Emily, how was your weekend?
2: It was great. Um, There was a mother's retreat this weekend at the John Paul II preschool. So it was focused on gratitude and tying in the significance of the Eucharist. Um, and I, I think for moms, this is a tough week, right? We're going into our one of our biggest cooking <laughs> holidays. Uh, you yeah. know, and it just... The dish the side dish recommendations just keep coming at you and then we need this and then we need that. So it was really about resetting our hearts um, to be grateful to the Lord to to feed these these mothers and and help them see the gift they are and um, just how they they really are cherished and, and loved by by the father and and as a mom myself, I got a lot out of it as well.
0: Very good. Good attendance, good turnout.
2: Yeah, really good attendance. Um, the preschool is located on East Broad Street. It's it's beautiful. My daughter went there. And what I loved is a lot of young moms, and we had about 32 uh, moms give their Saturday morning up for retreats. So pretty amazing. And uh, Father, a number of them had gone to the Congress the uh, Leadership Summit and the Moms Retreat. So they had hit a three, as myself, wow. three Saturdays of, of um, beautiful faith encounters.
0: Yeah. Father, we didn't have a chance to catch up since uh, the leadership. Yeah, the Evangelization Leadership Summit, which yes. was um, last
3: weekend, two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. I forget, today's a Monday um
0: you'll yeah, be re- you'll be reminded yeah it, at some went, point. it went
3: very well um it was very well attended it was at ohio dominican bishop gave a really great talk yeah. which i um suspect will probably be in the catholic times sometime in the next couple weeks um and also which you'll probably flesh out we'll probably hear more about it but it was 10 the sort of the 10 points about the new
0: evangelization right um yeah, I, I know the audio is available I received an email. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if it's up on Facebook or I YouTube. I just saw
3: yet. I got it I just got an email from Jason Mays, who's the communication director, about um the uh the text of it.
0: Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I think that's gonna be worthy for uh yeah. of a lot of reflection. Yeah, there's
3: a there's a lot there. And then um um Dr. De La Torres gave a really good talk. Um and then Father John Ricardo was there as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, and he gave a great, great talk as well. So I didn't make any of the breakout sessions. I ended up, um, I had to step into an hour and a half long phone call during the uh, lunch period, so I, I missed all of the breakout sessions. So
2: they were good. I, I liked. Yeah. I liked them.
0: <laughs> What's happening on campus? Well.
3: Um, the, uh, things are slowing down this week, of course. Everyone's going, going home. Um, renovations are going, you know, we're pushing ahead. There's a phone I think, next week. Um, but things are, things are going great. We're, um, getting ready to wrap up the semester. Probably a baccalaureate mass in early December. Mm-hmm. So, and there's also the choir, the, um... And I'm they're they're probably gonna kill me because I don't I can't remember the date but it's on a Friday um, I'm sure you guys will um, promote it when it gets closer but it's um, it is not um, the third I don't believe it's the third I believe it's the next Friday if the third is even a Friday. Our borough East though is calendar. uh searching yeah. frantically but, for but it. But it. it's um Nicole Simmental, who's our uh, music director, yeah, who was gift. the organist at the cathedral, um does a phenomenal job with the students. So um it's sort of an advent um Carol um mm-hmm. event. So um but um again Cam's going to give us all the details. It actually was in our bulletin. These. That was, was it exciting.
2: Really? It was ah, at St. Yeah. Andrews, our, my my parish. And um, someone asked the question Is it open to everyone? Because it had different selections of how you know. So I, I made the suggestion just say you're friends of, of Buckeye Catholic. How does that sound, Father Adam?
3: Yeah. It's actually December 9th. December 9th. December 9th. So the day after the Immaculate Conception. Everyone, yeah, everyone is invited. We'd love to have you all. Um, the evening of December the 9th um, if you are looking for more information um, you can find it at Buckeyecatholic.com because um, is our website but it'll be a beautiful wonderful night and like I said it's Nicole um, does she'll do she directs it all but it's it'll all be students so and they do a phenomenal job so it's been one of the surprise surprises You know, with everything at Buckeye Catholic is um, just sort of a phenomenal music program has just come out of nowhere. And and really thanks to Nicole and her her
0: hard work. She is very gifted. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I remember when I was at the dedication of the chapel, actually, I was just, everything was beautiful, but the music was amazing.
0: Yeah. So it's always a treat.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Now is your OCIA program in full swing we're in full full swing yeah we do it um sunday nights
3: um between the six and the nine o'clock masses um and there's it's right now there are 35 students in in it um how many you know we can't count our chicks before they're hatched so yeah. but it's, but they've it's taken really this good. step yeah. yeah
0: did i get the acronym right
3: is it a- ocia yeah it used to be rcia but now it's OCIA which they moved from right of christian initiation of adults or rights i should say the plural mm-hmm. to order of christian initiation of adults so
1: what's the change there
3: um well
0: alphabetically it's yeah i
3: <laughs> i mean i i think um with so with the retranslation um, or the the new translation of the Missal, all of the rites are being retranslated, and kind of the bishops are able to kind of tweak things based on what prerogatives they have from Rome. So they've been doing this, like the baptismal rite has been redone, the confirmation rite has been redone, the breviary is getting ready to be redone. So the rites of christian initiation which is part of it. it's a it's a book unto itself was re you know retranslated and kind of reformatted and so they went with with the word order rather than rites rites describe the individual actions but i think the book what they wanted from it was to sort of guide it as a whole path and a whole journey so okay that's my that's my um, explanation people may, (laughs) you know, I mean, it, it is, it is really no, no real difference. So
0: are you active in leading it then?
3: No, actually we have, um, a wonderful man, um, named Will, who, who is, um, he's actually a, a PhD candidate, um, and he's working on a doctorate in education. He works for the Ohio Catholic Conference too. Okay, but he um. We he uh, works for Buckeye Catholic. He um, leads um, our OCIA. He does most of the substantive content for each week, and then students will supplement some of the other su- supplement that. And then he also oversees the. Um, the Dei Verbum Initiative, which are, is our intellectual formation program. So,
0: okay. Now, are all the sponsors students also?
3: Not necessarily. So, we do allow students to have like family members that, mm-hmm. that might be sponsors. You know, some of them have aunts or uncles that are Catholic, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of them are students. Um, you know, a lot of the sponsors are students. That's
0: fantastic. Yeah.
3: Yeah. We, um, that's one of the things we have to kind of push is to get more. I mean, with 35 people, it's hard to find sponsors, you know, cause that's a dedicate, you know, like coming every, every Sunday evening for that. I mean, every, I mean, parishes have that same problem, finding sponsors yeah. for people, but, you know, it's really key. One And one of the things Will and I have have talked about is it doesn't matter well it does matter but i mean you could have a really good ocia program with really good solid content and you can teach them everything and have them read the catechism and they could be very knowledgeable but if they haven't built relationships in the community they'll be gone in a year Mm -hmm. and that's that's the law of the jungle you know like that's why like our recivity, you know, rate with RCIA is horrible in the church. Mm. It's horrible because we we think that we can just educate all these people in the faith and teach them everything and teach them how to do things, but we never really connect them to the community and, like, get them connected into genuine friendships. And so then they're gone, you know. After a year, you know, you see them— Sometimes they drop right off after Easter. Mm-hmm. And this is, I mean, any honest RCIA director would tell you this. Um, it's its a huge, you know, I don't have the stats on me, but, you know, the rate of people falling away after they go through all of that is, it's is—it's—it's immense.
0: Father Adam Streitenberger and Emily Jaminette are with us here in the cafe. Well, I think it's a, probably be a, a special or a unique challenge for a, a campus program, where you're going to have people graduating perhaps two months later. Yeah, and then at some point, hopefully they'll all graduate and uh, and then go on to different parishes where they don't have those relationships that they formed.
3: Yeah, no, it's true. And and one of the things we're working on is getting both focus and SPO plugged into the OCIA program more, and having the missionaries pop in more and. Because at least we can connect them into those communities, you know that like that experience. Um, but you know it's it's a it's a it's a general issue with um, college students period is that they'll have an experience you know of the Lord and, and a revival in their faith, and then they'll graduate and they'll go back to a parish and it's you know it mm-hmm. they don't find community or. They don't find the formation there or, um, you know, it's filled with older people. Mm -hmm. So the, um, you know, so that was was charitable. I know. I know. (laughs) I'm trying to avoid the B word. Um, But I think that um, it's my it's my November resolution. Um, Not to be controversial. No, no. Just to avoid that That one word, that one word. Yeah. Yeah so anyway um but it, it's a it's a big it's a big it's a big issue, you know like they um, you know so when they they leave are they gonna find a parish or not um so
2: I think it's a good challenge for all of us to say, you know when we welcome someone you know into the church, we all have an active role of the friendliness, like you said, you know and and inviting them to plug in and and that's something that I've seen with um even within parish life, when they were introduced to others or brought into small faith community or even just brought into our Catholic schools, and I, I'm seeing those faces. But the ones that didn't ever plug in, it's like, "Hello. Is there anybody out there? You know, you really have to pull them in and and you're not too much. It's even sending those little notes in the mail and saying, "You know it was so great to welcome you at Easter. How can I be there for you?" That that personal um, connection, not just with the sponsors, but all of us as a wider community.
3: Yeah, we have to we have to have that sort of human um, that human connection. I was um, was talking to a student last week. We uh, we went to um, Buckeye Donuts, which um, which I did not realize that Buckeye Donuts actually has more than just donuts. Um, they actually have a really good breakfast. Hmm. Um, you know, so, if you know, so
1: you'll be there more often. <laughs> well, we'll you know,
3: we'll see. I mean, I, you know, usually I just eat venison for breakfast. So, oh, you wow. know, it's not, but anyway, I digress the, um, so we were talking and, um, it is precisely this, like the, um, so his experience was that, you know, most people at mass and that, and this was even at the Newman center, you know, it, it, um, Buckeye Catholic, he, you know, most people at the Mass are just there to fulfill an obligation, you know. Mm-hmm. And while, you know, obviously we don't, you know, like and it was not his point that they're not experiencing something or something like that, but, you know, all of all of these people that are kind of gathered in the same room rarely kind of talk to each other or say hello to each other or anything like that. And yet what they're witnessing is, the most important thing in the universe you know Mm -hmm. Um, and just that small little thing of saying hello to people and introducing yourself is is epic you know and I think you know like that's one of the things we we try to promote among the students is listen you see someone that you've never seen before say hello and introduce yourself it's the smallest little gesture but you know if we don't you know we don't just sort of f- follow um because of an ideology you know like these people that have gone through RCIA they they've know they know the church's teaching it's not that oh we didn't we didn't teach them these things that the importance of the mass or moral teaching or you know the truths of the church it's that they never really um encountered a human face that was worth following and that's that's what Christianity is all about is that the first disciples they met Jesus they met this man and they were really impressed by him and really moved by him and so they they followed him and then you know the these same men met other people mm-hmm. who were really moved by them and followed them and that's that's how it works you know yeah it's not true right. just you know as Paul the sixth said, you know, like, the world doesn't need more teachers. The the world needs witnesses. You
0: know? Evangeli right? Yeah. Yeah? Boom. <laughs> Papal document for the win.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so, Nunciandi, I Nunciandi,
0: should say. Nunciandi, oh, okay, I get partial yeah, yeah. credit. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, close enough, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> So we wanted to talk about Thanksgiving and gratitude, and you kind of teed it up there, Father, um, with the uh, with the Mass and the Eucharist. Uh, the Catechism chapter or paragraph rather, thirteen sixty. Would you like to me like me to read it, or do yeah, you want sure to recite for it from it. memory?
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, the, I mean, the, our listeners won't have remembered that, that's it. That's true.
0: That's true. You know, <laughs> the Eucharist is a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Father, a blessing by which the Church expresses her gratitude to God for all his benefits, for all that he has accomplished through creation, redemption, and sanctification. Eucharist means first of all, thanksgiving. Central, right? I mean, central to our faith and central to... uh, would you say central to the Mass? I mean, is is that... I mean, yeah, we, we yeah. describe I it mean, as the source and summit.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, at the Mass, we are made present in the events of our salvation, um, most especially the crucifixion and resurrection, you know, the Paschal Mysteries. Um, but really, we could say all of the events of our salvation were made present at. It gives us the opportunity to accept them, um, but to accept them with this this spirit of gratitude, you know. Um the um you know, at every mass we we have the opportunity not just to thank the Lord for um you know, our ta- you know, like we we so often reflect about like kind of our tangible gifts. You know, obviously material things, sure. you know, like money and yeah well and thank you like thank that. you for our house and thank food you for yeah our cars. and obviously and then we also think about kind of um other tangible things like the people in our life that we're thankful for or um, our own physical health mm-hmm. um, and these are these are all really good things but the the greatest thing that we give thanks for is even more than life, even more than our life itself, is the new life in Christ that we're actually witnessing at the Mass. Um, you know, last um, on Sunday we we had the the parable of of the of the talents. You know that there were all these these guys that got talents, and some of them invested it, and some of it, um, some one guy buried it, um, and when we think of that parable, we often kind of reduce it to the material, but it's you know the infinite investment of Christ in us by his death and resurrection um and that's that is you know the um the the most important thing that we're giving thanks for that we're witnessing and sort of our response to that kind of investment in us has to be complete gratitude um and there is a connection between, you know, Thanksgiving um, and grace itself. You know, the um, in in sort of the development of of the word Thanksgiving, not so much in English, but in 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 other languages, there's a real strong connection to the same word for grace, which of gift. You mm, know, okay. That um, that's sort of the the root is. You know something is something given to us well we use this word grace to describe really everything that's you know paul you know we can talk about everything is grace everything is a gift um but we also want to kind of look at those supernat, the supernatural grace you know especially the grace of the sacrament sanctifying grace you know which restores us um in in our relationship to the father and and even uncreated grace which is the holy spirit himself um so the you know this this awesome infinite gift which is why we can say that um the gift of grace is even greater than life itself because it's it's him you mm-hmm. know he gives himself to us so there's there's a lot at the Mass to be grateful for, so that's why it's sort of even even though we're bringing our week to the Mass and, and all of our life to the Mass, just the experience of the Mass itself is reason enough to be filled with gratitude because of what we're witnessing and what he's doing at the Mass.
0: Father Adam Streitenberger, Emily Jaminette here in the Cafe. We're talking about gratitude and thanksgiving the series that you did right when we were starting the cafe, uh, on the mass, uh, that, that participation, you know, the act of participation. And it just strikes me how important it is for us, um, to slow down and, and, and have that receptivity, that openness to receiving the grace and to, just present ourselves you know what i'm getting at so to to to, um put everything else aside so that we can be open to the grace and 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 to have that thankful heart when when we're especially entering the mass
3: well you know the thing so i've been doing this series of homilies um for every homily for the rest of the academic year is just on the mass okay so both daily Masses and Sunday. Sunday Masses, I'm going through the parts of the Mass, um, and, you know, Mass only lasts an hour on Sunday, unless the priest talks a little bit too much, then, it, you know, it might be an hour and ten minutes. Right. But that flies by, you know, and the parts of the Mass just kind of go like that, you know? And even to the point that we really don't even have the opportunity to enter into that particular part of the mess. You think of the penitential rite, you know? How, I mean, do we really have the time to reflect on all of our sins from the last week in that brief moment? Like, it it <laughs> flies by. You know, like, if we really, if we really entered into the Mass and prayed, it would last, like, hours and hours and hours and hours. If we really, you know... So, you do have to do the leg work beforehand, right you know like you're gonna have to um you're gonna have to do your your time of prayer each day, your meditation, you know your mental prayer because um you can't you can't do it all on the mass it's like okay, you know, like I have to like go really deep really quick, you know, and I only have a minute or two so it's hard, you know, it's hard to to kind of go into that, but that's why, you know, our daily meditation is so key to prepare us for the Mass, mm-hmm. but also that time before the Mass to really kind of stop and to reflect going into there. And maybe it is, okay, what what do I need, you know, what do I want to be mindful of during the penitential rite? What do I want to be mindful of, of... um. Like petitions and intercessions that I'm bringing to the mass. What's my intention that I want to bring to this mass and offer um, this mass up for? Even lay, you know, lay people should be offering the mass up for a particular intention, right? And then what am I grateful for going into the mass? And that's what, you know, I one of the things I've been telling some directees who, because you can tell, I mean, if you're becoming self-centered or self-absorbed. Or if you're you're kind of cranky or, you know, like you're gloomy, then what you need to do is this is what I tell. So every night you're supposed to do an examination of your conscience where mm-hmm. you go through the day and see how you messed up. And it's good to take notes on that so that when you go to confession, you kind of already have a list. But I think people should do a, an examination of gratitude before they go to bed, too, mm-hmm. and just kind of make... Like journal down a few things that you're grateful for that day, and not stupid, superficial things like you know whatever I won the lottery or something mm-hmm. like that, which I would be really grateful for. That's not way. a little superficial. But you know, like what are the things you know? Because we could put the same things over and over again. Oh, I'm grateful for my spouse. I'm grateful for my kids. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for the dog or whatever. You know. Okay, yeah, you you know, and you should be, but there's a whole lot more. Maybe you're not um, open to life, not you know, not in a um, political slogan ask, but in the sense of, are you really paying attention to what's going on in your life? Mm.
2: Um, Emily, do you have your? Well, I just was thinking about um, some of the great reflections Father Adam was sharing, and you know, as a parent, a lot of times we just think like our only goal is to get to mass, right? You know, and God bless all the parents like that. It takes a lot of work to get through those doors. But then I I think about, you know, now our next task is to pass the torch of faith on to our children. And as I was working with my first communicant, my little seven-year-old, as we anticipate reconciliation this year and first communion, like going through the responses of the mass, it's, it's a beautiful exchange that it's begins with learning the words but then integrating it into your heart so that the words take on new meaning as we lift up our hearts to the Lord and you know our our responses and it's not just a lip service or what we do with our hands or what we're doing you know to to kind of direct but it's such you know sometimes it can feel like a burden as a parent but it's actually a beautiful privilege it's an opportunity to reflect on your own disposition like you mentioned and I think yeah. as a parent, maybe we're not gloomy. we're just overwhelmed, we're frustrated, we're expecting way too much of this child than it's, you know, even age appropriate. But it, it begins, it begins um, in the heart and uh, how we behave and interact in the mass um, impacts those around us. And so I think it is an opportunity to reflect on the gift of the mass, you know, beginning with seeing it as a gift, expressing, you know, we don't have to go to mass we get to go to mass you know changing the language about the mass so that it it even elevates maybe um like you mentioned in the beginning the obligation of it
3: yeah i um i agree no it's great, <laughs> it's great. wholeheartedly harder yeah, you're, you're not going to get like, a little uh, controversial well, one of the thing- well i actually do have some hot takes i want i want to get into but i do think one thing i think to that point cuz i obviously um you know even though I'm a priest, you know. It's hard for me to pay attention at mass, let alone, you know, um, to have a whole bunch of kids that I'm dragging around, you know, to try to pay attention.
0: One, any, and I, I mean, I, I've been there. I mean, we've, we've, yeah, but where, Lord, just help us get through this. And I next think hour. what I would, I, so.
3: I think what I would propose, and especially because we do need, we have to educate our children on the importance of the mass and what the mass means. Which means sometimes that we have to educate ourselves about it. But what I would do, which is what I'm doing in the homilies, just focus on one part this week. And this is the part that we're really going to kind of... You know, it's like, you know, you think like gymnastics. They have so many movements that they have to master. Well, they just you just focus on one movement. Right. You know, focus on one part this week. And maybe it's that's the part you focus on this month. Um, but I think that that's that's key because what we, you know what we what my fear is, and this is sort of the shift into a hot take, is, you know the there is this basic human need for worship that we have to we have to worship the Lord. and Jesus Christ has instituted the mass as the fulfillment of this human need. and the mass is the supreme act of worship. But my fear is, that as Catholics, we are um, many Catholics are looking or proposing another option for worship than the Mass itself, um, and and I think and they are building spiritualities based on another form of worship and not the worship that Jesus Christ has instituted, which is the Mass.
1: What would be an example that you're referring um, to?
3: See, that's what well, the thing about hot takes um, is that I don't, I don't, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't go into specifics, sure. but I do think, I think, well, uh, I, I'll go deep, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go
0: specific Well, on I'll this give you I an mean, example what, what, from my life. Yeah. Okay. I, when, before I became Catholic, uh, I would go fishing on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. and, and that was my worship for the week to be in nature, to be surrounded by beauty and that, and that, in mm-hmm. my mind at that time, yeah. mm-hmm. became uh, this is the, how I my primary my primary yeah. act of uh, of worship. Mm. Now, it, it it I mean, it was good. Yeah. I mean, even if I didn't catch anything, it was still time set apart, at least a little part of it. Yeah. In in recognizing God, but when I became Catholic, then that that right order of things was obvious
3: well and I would even I'll I'll go even more so that's hu- like it's I mean like all the other false worships mm-hmm. that we could mm-hmm. you know but even you know even within say like the context of adoration adoration of the blessed sacrament which is a form of worship you know um and you know which is highly encouraged but that is that is a part of our private devotion but also in the sense of it's a nesse- you know like it's a necessary part of that daily prayer but our time of adoration does does not eclipse the mass mm-hmm. as our worship um and you know and i i also think that there is um a real danger to kind of use the word worship to describe things which really are private devotions mm-hmm. i mean worship has to be communal but also we know that the mass itself is this worship, which which Christ has instituted. He's instituted it um, to make present the supreme act of worship, which is His worship of the Father, in which He sacrifices Himself on the cross. Um, but I think part of it is is because the Ma- you know maybe you know contemporary Catholics forget what the mass is about, or they mm-hmm. don't know what the mass is about, and so then there's this 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 tendency to say, well, maybe we need something that's a little more relevant um, for our experience, you know?
1: No, I agree with you, Father. I, I think, one, like you had mentioned, starts with education. Mm-hmm. And then, two, getting back to kind of our, our thoughts on today is uh, then cultivating that gratitude. Um, because just with the, ed, your mind engaged, okay, now I know what's happening in the Mass. Um, that's beautiful, but then cultivating greater, thank you, Lord, that I get to be here. Thank you that um, I get to experience you, that I get to receive you. So then that you're really, I think, engaging your whole self.
2: I think, too, Father, focusing on, um, I see a trend of like almost judging the mass. Like, I like the music, check. I like this, check the homily. And really we're talking about the mass, Mm -hmm. you know, the gift of the mass. And so I think having the proper heart of gratitude for however that mass was said, you know, praying for that priest. But I do see this like, well, I go here because I like this and da, da, da. But like, I've just discovered the beauty of really um, being focusing more on my role of participation to however I can, and then to role model that to my children as well.
1: Oh, that's a good point. When I was um, when I was teaching uh, first communion, a part of our program was to take all the kids to mass, and uh, kind of getting back to Emily, what you were sharing about helping your children, I felt very much like a spiritual mother in that moment to sit with them at mass and the ones that maybe squirm the most and um, have difficulty paying attention were the ones that i would choose to sit closer by and (laughs) whisper to them the whole time okay now father is doing this okay now our hearts are supposed to be thinking this and i think those those little promptings really help to educate a child and oh there's actually something going on here Mm -hmm. (laughs) have you found that in your
2: oh yeah and especially the bells like i love different aspects of the mass like this is really important like that's usually Mm -hmm. you know i don't say it i don't have to say it anymore but when they're little it's like it elevates us so um but i one of the big changes is i I love the focus of just we're talking about the mass not oh we have to drive an hour because it's this mass is better than that mass and it's almost like as the lady we can start to right father get into uh what, what would you say it's more than a hot hot topic but it's yeah i mean it's a danger zone yeah no i think
3: so i think it's well one is i mean um you know the mass is um it's a gift from christ um it's it's a gift which is handed on through the church i do think it you know there can be a personality cult you know where you know it's this priest i want to go to his mass you know and certainly, some priests are better homilists than others. You know, and and the people people deserve good homilies. You know, and and I I don't fault people for being upset if a homily is, you know, is subpar. You know, like that people demand. You know, people should get a better homily. I do I do think though that there is a sense where part of this is part of this is that you know there aren't really different styles for the mass um but different styles have emerged and that is a big problem you know and I mean i i I'm not you know it's beyond my pay grade to deal with that problem you know I can I can only kind of deal with my own self but mm-hmm. it it is a big problem and and you know the the thing is is you know this we're in the Eucharistic Revival year there's this big Eucharistic Congress you know the bishops are pu- pushing us to you know we need to go to this congress in Indianapolis um and um and certainly you know there are lots of tickets available if if any listeners are interested they could contact the Department of Evangelization in the Diocesan offices um but you know that there you know Part of the Eucharistic revival, I think, needs to be a a renewal in the liturgy and and how we celebrate the liturgy and not just kind of knowing more about the mass but also real but also um, knowing like our approach and our attitude, which should be that of you know um, I want i i'm I'm escaping um the banal world to enter into the mysterious, which should mean that it doesn't sound like street music hmm. that I'm listening to. Um, or it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't look like, you know, um, a 1970s prom or something like that. <laughs> Not that I was ever at one of those, but, um, but you know, yeah. like I think um, <laughs> we, that's one big thing. Cause I think, you know, we want to be entertained and, and, the Mass is work. That's what liturgy means. It means work. The work um, of the people and on behalf of the people. And, you know, I mean, work can be, um, you know, renewing and fulfilling, but
0: work is not necessarily entertaining. Mm. Father Adam Streitberger, Emily Jaminette with us here in the St. Gabriel Cafe. Can we talk? Help me to better understand the uh, dynamic of selfishness and gratitude. I mean, because on 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 one level, I'm grateful for this. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for this. So it it does put a perspective back on on myself, but it it also has to be focused on another. Uh, so there's that, you know, receiving, but then it's always, I'm grateful, I'm thankful. You know what I'm getting at?
3: Yeah, yeah. And I think at the heart of gratitude, which is, you know, sort of um, the etymological origin of the word, is it's a, there's a gift, mm-hmm. a gift given, which means a couple of different things. First of all is a gift is freely given by the giver, um, which is an act of love. Second of all is um, we have to realize our poverty, you know, Um, Monsignor Giassani, Luigi Giassani says that, um, and he quotes, he's quoting, I think, an Italian poet of some sort, um, that the beggar is the protagonist of history. You know, we're all beggars because we have nothing, you know, we enter into this world with nothing. You know, we're not the source of our existence. You know, we did not create ourselves. um everything is pure gift. That's the nature of being a creature. is everything is a gift. Um But I think that we we fail to realize, first of all, that we're creatures and that everything is a it's it's a complete gift from our loving Lord. Um, but you know, it's all very easy for us to begin to think that we're self-sufficient mm. and that, you know, that we, we, you know, cause it gives, the world gives this appearance and I'm by the world, I'm not meaning like some, you know, secular age, the, cre- you know, when you look out at creation, creation. you yeah. think, you know, I'm getting myself up in the morning. I'm doing this work. I'm accomplishing these things. I'm, you know, I'm, following my plan and i'm hitting these milestones that i've set for myself it gives us the delusion that we're self-sufficient and therefore that somehow we're the ones that are running the world but then things hit you know you know things hit us and we we're, we're shaken from this but the whole, everything around us is kind of telling us you can live this life you're you're self-sufficient
0: yeah or uh, where i guess where i was getting going to also was it's all for our benefit somehow <laughs> you know, yeah I, i'm thankful for hot water because i'm comfortable then mm-hmm. and, and i feel better i'm grateful for this roof over my head because i'm protected and so it all becomes for my benefit or for my my pleasure
3: well and that is i think be, when we begin to become self this sort of self-confidence, this sort of delusion that we're self-sufficient, we then, the w- the next movement is to begin to think that we're the center of the universe and that everything exists to please me and mm-hmm. to glorify me. And, and therefore, um, I, you know, I just kind of presume these things are there. And I begin to, um, you know, to, abuse things, you know, like other human beings, I objectify them that they exist just for my pleasure, mm. you know, um, or to, to entertain me and, you know, and that everything else exists just to entertain me. So it be, then we become self-absorbed, you know? And, um, the, the key I think is we have to remember we're a creature and that's, that's just how it all gets back out. And then if we're a creature, then we recognize that everything's a gift from the Lord, and it belongs to Him, and that it's there um, to reveal His love to me, not to just entertain me. And then, then we begin to look at other human beings, or we begin to look at things um, as having a greater value. So I think that's, you know, but this is the fall of Adam and Eve. I mean, Thomas, Saint Thomas Aquinas talks about in the fall, um, the human person, you know, turns from God and then turns into themselves. It's sort of, if you think about like bowing down from God in heaven and then turning into your navel, and then we talk about navel gazing, but this is sort of like the, the dual movement of the fall, and gratitude pulls us out of that, you know? Like, we look at everything that we've gotten as a gift, which begins to move us out of our navel and then it 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 was like well where did these things come from they didn't come from me or they're not just accidentally here there must be someone who has created them and given them to and you're literally lifting your hearts and you're lifting your heart so yeah
2: well that really helps me too because we live in a world that people say i'm thankful but one thing as a parent i keep saying i'm we're thankful to god like the sentence always has to end with God because there's a big difference between, and and this is an exercise we do on the way to school. You know, we always say what we're grateful for the day. And then at the end of the day as well, because there's almost a training that has to take place because the ingratitude is like a disease. It never stops. You know, Mm -hmm. once you start focusing on self and um, the lack of gratitude, so many of us, well, we could have everything, but have nothing. So I I I really appreciate that. Yeah, who are we grateful to? Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And there's a training there mm-hmm. because it's all a prayer.
0: Father Adam Streitberger, Mrs. Emily Jaminette here in the Saint Gabriel Cafe. Emily, you had mentioned uh, near the beginning of the show the the retreat that you led um, this this weekend how, and you mentioned women specifically, but I, I think let's open it up to how much pressure we put on ourselves mm-hmm. uh, this week. What, what What's the remedy uh, to that? I, I guess I'll propose one that not everything will be perfect.
2: Amen. You know, I, I, my the remedy is d- uh, unplugged from the internet, right? Because you're going to look at everyone's turkey, and we are even talking about um, some of these beautiful practices, such as liturgical cookies or something, you know, like you could say, I need to make the perfect cookie with the perfect, you know, cake with the perfect pumpkin pie and the perfect, and it's so much pressure, but what does God want? He wants to render our hearts. He wants this to begin our hearts. So some of it will go wrong on Thanksgiving, but gosh, as long as we learn along the way, I've burnt a lot of cookies and turkeys before I get to the point where I knew how to cook them. So beginning with um letting go of your expectations and the pressure we're putting on ourselves is is not coming from the lord
0: mm. pro tip don't put potato peels down the garbage disposal <laughs> mm.
2: Yeah, pro tip <laughs> you learned that one huh yep <laughs>
0: and also how expensive a plumber is on thanksgiving day mm-hmm. yes so
2: that's a good pro tip
1: well emily as you were sharing a thought that i had was well what what is the point of the day? You know, we, it's title is Thanksgiving, right? And we put so much emphasis on the prep work and the presentation and the food when the food is actually literally just supposed to be a, an avenue to gathering together and giving thanks and being together. Mm
2: -hmm. And I would propose, you know, going to mass on Thanksgiving. I think that's, the greatest way, you know, that it's a beautiful combination of Thanksgiving and talking about the mass, you know, and um, if you're too busy to go to mass on Thanksgiving, maybe it's a pause point to say, my life just needs a little bit of slowing down. Like we talked about reordering and um, you know, God's, God's gotta be first in our life.
1: I think there's something very communal also about sharing a meal. And I, I think Maybe, Father, you can say something about this, but the idea of you know, the, the Mass also is a supper, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's an eschatological feast, is what we would say. It's not um, an earthly meal. It's not a reenactment of the Last Supper. The Last Supper itself is the Mass, um, or is the First Mass, um, but it is. it makes present the Feast of Heaven, the Wedding Feast of the Lamb. And... Um, in that sense, you know, we I, I think while we um, rightly, I think, um, in the theology of the last ten years, or at least in kind of catechesis, have emphasized the sacrifice of the Mass because it had been de-emphasized or neglected for many decades, um, we, also have to ba- we also have to keep in mind it's an eschatological feast, it's the wedding feast of the Lamb, that the altar is still a table you know, and um, we are given food to eat, Christ himself, the Lamb. So, um, and, you know, the sacrifices of the Old Testament, um, the the one who benefited from the sacrifice um, received, you know, the, the stuff to eat. You know, like, you know, when they sacrificed the lambs, people took the lambs home with them to eat after mm. the sacrifice. You know, part of it was burnt up, but you know, so I think um, we should keep this in mind: is um, the 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 meal, the eschatological feast, um, is essent- It's co- essentially connected to the sacrifice that Christ gives Himself through this sacrifice, precisely so that we can feast on Him. Um, but in In that sense, too, as an eschatological feast, that all of our brothers and sisters, all of the saints, and even our brothers and sisters in purgatory are present there. Um, And um, I think that that's an important point, you know, especially, you know, as we enter into the holiday season um, and as we close out November, which is the month where we pray for the deceased, is to remember that. Um, our loved ones are present with us at the mass um you know and um while, whether it this their death has happened this year or whether it's happened many other years ago um they are present to us still at the at the table of the mass so
2: that's beautiful
0: well and especially then for thanksgiving day what mm-hmm. what a perfect opportunity to remember all of our are, are departed, especially on that day.
3: Yeah.
2: And I think these little traditions, little things, you know, such as looking upon the past with gratitude. I I love that quote from um, St. John Paul II, you know, that let us be grateful. Let us be grateful for all the Lord's done and, and pass that on because that's what sets us aside from others. And, um, it's, it might just be a way to leading someone to the, you know, joining the church or, you know, going closer to Christ, your table, your what, what the culture of your home is, is an extension of the beliefs that we have.
1: Emily, is there a, a way or practical that you in your own life try to practice cultivating gratitude or thanksgiving?
2: Absolutely. I think if you're struggling with gratitude and um, I had a little gratitude book by the, my bedside and I, I kind of had this examination where I said, I got to come up with 10 concrete things from today. And I tell people 10 because 10 actually will lead me into 20 or, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. it it grows and grows and grows. So cultivating it in your heart and then expressing it, um, to your children. So that's, that's something that God always has to have the glory. It's not, I always say it's not, you know, I love you and God loves you. It's never just, I love you. Mm -hmm.
0: Father, you had mentioned uh, a daily examine in the final two and a half, three minutes that we have. How do, how do you approach a daily examine? Well, you
3: know, there's the examination of conscience, which, but to the point, the examination of Thanksgiving. I think to just go back through your day, you can do it—I mean, you know, people's minds work differently. This is just how my mind works. You know, I tend to do things chronologically. So, mm-hmm. you know, what happened in the morning? What happened at noon? What happened in the afternoon? What happened in the evening? I think it's a question of, who did the, the Lord put in my life? So every human being that is that enters into our life is a gift from the Lord. Even that random person that just just kind of passes through. I think that's an a um, that's where I think gratitude and charity come together to pull us out of ourselves is mm-hmm. if I'm attentive to the people in my life I'm going to see them as a gift from the Lord and that they have something to bring to me to make known the Lord. So I think that is one way to do it is to just go through the day the people that you met mm-hmm. which will also help you to kind of go through What experiences you've had throughout the day because typically your experiences are with other human beings you know Um, and so I think that's a good place to start you know I I think that you know you should never you should never repeat yourself you know so two days you know two sequential days should never be the same come up up with something new yeah you're gonna have to come (laughs) up with something new
0: good well friends Pay attention today uh, and make that list at the the end of your day today on uh, what the Lord has done in your life. And there's so much to be grateful for. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As As it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is is now now, and
3: ever shall be, world without without end. end. Amen. Amen.
0: God bless you all. We'll be back with you tomorrow at 8.